Hey folks and welcome to the Daily Ratings Podcast. It's a show where each week we'll sit down with Vincent Daly to get his thoughts on the latest movies he's been watching, both older films and new releases. And don't worry, there's no spoilers. Vince will give a brief review of the movie, share some thoughts, and of course, then rate the film. The Daily Ratings are always fair, honest, and most importantly, they're consistent. On today's show, Vince will be rating and reviewing Die Hard, directed by John McTiernan, The Long Kiss Goodnight by Rennie Harlan, Reindeer Games by John Frankenheimer, Fat Man by Esham Nelms and Ian Nelms, and finally, newly released Violent Night, directed by Tommy Ricola. It's going to be a great show, so stay tuned and enjoy. Mr. Vincent Daly, how we doing, buddy? Uh, Merry Christmas, Tom. Mer- How's it going? Uh, Merry Christmas to you. It's going well to me. For me, not quite Christmas, but we have an yeah, action, yeah. We have an action Christmas episode for yes, everyone. Yes, yes. Uh, I this was. Uh, I don't know. I mean, even with Spirited uh, last week. Came out on the 11th of November. Who's watching Christmas movies on the 11th of November? I guess we're like Thanksgiving, you know. It's uh, yeah, a little bit early. But no. Violent Night, it was. It came out this week, so I was like, all right, we're we're doing the action movie special, uh, Christmas action. Uh, Thanksgiving marks the beginning of Christmas movie. <laughs> the 11th is too late. The- uh, I thought it was a little early. I guess it's streaming. Wait, I mean, wh- that's when just- did Spirited come out? Spirited came out the 11th. This came out. Uh, Wait, the 11th on the of November? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's too early. Yes. Yes. That's what I. Thought. As soon as you're, as soon as you're post Thanksgiving, you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But this exactly. coming out now, it's totally appropriate, no? Yeah. I guess so. I guess so. Uh, well, either way, though, you're one we... of those. Not, not until Christmas <laughs> Eve. Not until Christmas. <laughs> Mom. Not until Christmas Eve. <laughs> not until. You're don't one of those put guys? up the tree. You know what kind of Christmas guy I am. <laughs> well, you're the baby Jesus. <laughs> yes. For... But you don't. You don't listen to Christmas music. I mean, yeah, I oh, do. Oh, you do. Yeah, I guess I you do. You start in December, right? I don't know. I guess this year's a little bah humbug, you know? Uh, <laughs> I had to really shit on Spirited, so. Well, that's okay. But as far as Christmas goes, no, I guess you do. You watch, you listen to like, you listen to Frank Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're not one of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's some people that only, only listen to Christmas music on Christmas, which right, I don't right. agree with. Yeah, yeah, that's a... Uh, what, what Tom was referring to uh, as uh, Baby Jesus, I am born on Christmas <laughs> Day, so... <laughs> <laughs> you, Jesus, and um, Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett. That's right. <laughs> um, okay, so so this week you wanted to go not just Christmas films, action Christmas films. Yes. Uh, what, violent... mo- what, what movie spark? Oh, Violent Night. Of course. Uh, yeah, Violent Night. Absolutely, and especially after watching Violent Night. Oof, uh, man, oh man, uh, is uh, Violent Night violent? <laughs> it is. It is. It is a seriously of a doozy movie. But yeah, uh, wanted to kind of. Um, Focus on this Christmas action uh, meme uh, that really was born from Die Hard, and 
you know, uh, and, and build out the episode from there. It was honestly a great watching week. Uh, I'm excited to talk about all these movies. Definitely not all of them are good. <laughs> I'll say right that that right there. But uh, but yeah, it was it was a really enjoyable week, and and it was fun seeing how Christmas was incorporated in all these. Oh, in action yeah. specific movies. Yeah, uh, how much it was action versus Christmas. Yeah, you know, or or the literal you know combination like Fat Man and 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 Violent Night. So after watching this week, did you? Were you in the Christmas spirit more after coming out of the week? <laughs> no, no, it doesn't no. make any difference. I, it, unfortunately, I was not. So maybe, maybe that's a, 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 a disappointment to this list. Uh, but I, I no, I, I don't think this brought my Christmas spirit up. <laughs> but maybe that's just Christmas action movies. <laughs> okay, so let's start right away. I love what you started with. We're 1980, 1988, and it's Die Hard because I, this is one of those films that's so commonly debated. Is it a Christmas mm, movie? And mm-hmm. people saying like, oh, by the way, Die Hard's a secret Christmas movie. Right. It's not that secret anymore. Yeah, yep. Like, it's kind of just common knowledge that it is kind of Christmas. I believe, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so after watching it again, you agree. Yeah. So, 1988, how's the first Die Hard? Oh, phenomenal. Die Hard is is a a really, really a a classic and deserved of a a classic title. Folks, it was imperative we covered this because Die Hard really gave birth to the whole idea of the action Christmas movie. Shane Black uh, returns to this concept as a writer with both The Long Kiss Goodnight, which we'll cover in just a second, and then even Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which he directed mm-hmm, yep. as a Christmas movie. But uh, but yeah, Die Hard really gave birth to it all, of, of combining the two, and I think it is undeniable that uh, it is a Christmas action movie. So, you know, every every couple, every, you know, uh, you know even just a couple of year, years back, I feel like many people denied this was a Christmas movie, and, and though it may not have Santa Claus takes place on Christmas, it's got Christmas music, it's got she got a lot of Christmas music. I was surprised. Perfect. With. Yeah, uh, and uh, it's about coming together for the holidays, <laughs> which is kind of all of these in some way. It's uh, funny. I think, like you said, especially in the first few years of the first decade of this, uh-huh. it's so just like no, it's like that big debate whether it's a Christmas movie or not. I just think it was so impossible for people to think that action movies could be Christmas you're movies. Right, you're but right. now. I mean, look at the movies we're covering. It's kind of, it's not all that odd anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, it, the frequency is picking up. Big time, uh, yeah. As, as they go through it, so. Uh, Bruce Willis plays John McClane, a wise-cracking New York cop, on his way to Los Angeles for his wife's holiday party on Christmas Eve. But Christmas gets canceled when international terrorist Hans Gruber, played by the late, great Alan Rickman, and I really do mean great, yeah. in this, uh, seizes control over the building in a heist that spirals out of control. Uh, I got to say, I mean, as far as action fundamentals, uh, our director here, why why, uh, why am I missing? McTiernan. Tiernan, yeah, John McTiernan. Um, First Predator. Yeah, exactly. He does Predator, and then he comes right into this. And then what's after this? Hunt for Red October. I mean, McTiernan oh, yeah, okay. is on a tear uh, with these three with the three-movie stretch. I mean, in any other scenario, would love to do... Uh, a film study with just on McTiernan because he really is a dominant force in action movies, period. Definitely. You know? Although, did you look at his stuff after that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> and that's why we didn't. <laughs> it kind of gets, kind of dives off, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, the setting Nakatomi Plaza might be one of the most iconic in all of film. And, and, and that's where I want to kind of focus some of my initial initial praise of this film. You know, primarily how much we know the building inside and out by the end. Like all good action films, 
and definitely for McTiernan, set up and payback or set up and tie back uh, is important for scenes to feel impactful. It's important for scenes to feel engaging uh, as far as the action goes. Uh, and, and we talked about this with McTyrian's prior work with Predator, monster clues slowly being built into the plot as they go through the jungle. One year later, he has absolutely perfected this use, basically taking this setup throughout the film. We have the wide but singular kind of jungle setting focused, but also kind of opened up as well hmm. by making it in this tall skyscraper that they can't get out of. It's definitely a little bit... Uh, of a of a haunted house concept in writing because they can't leave it. You know, they're trapped in the skyscraper of it. And it's also various pieces. It's one location, but we get environments with McLean in the vents, mm-hmm. uh, office spaces, of course, maintenance areas, the roof. You know, it's much more varied, even though it is still has this singular setting focus that we're kind of building and, and understanding there. Uh, and, and honestly, again, McTiernan just builds such momentum on his own concepts after finding out about the clues of one alien monster. It's opened up now in Die Hard to chipping away at a packed terrorist squad. What are their guns? What are the tools of the trade? What is their psychology? What is their mo- motivation? Mm-hmm. And all of that is used to craft such amazing action that we feel engagement in uh, as an audience and we can track and and problem solve with uh, Bruce Willis. Yeah, the cool thing is, like you said, him perfecting things going off a Predator, which you like so much, Mm -hmm. it's that thing of nothing is just dumped on you or given to you or spoon-fed. The fact that you can be, like you said, you're engaged with it. You're engaged with the action Mm -hmm. and with the character figuring stuff out Mm -hmm. and figuring stuff out along with him. It's just, it's such a good recipe. Yeah. It's such a good recipe. He just knows how to build it. Uh, Yeah. He's such an expert And one note, on just the, the the setting of it, it is really funny to think of. You get more of a varied setting, even mm-hmm. though you're stuck in a building in right. the jungle. Because no matter where you're at in the jungle, you're in the jungle still. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, I mean, kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it does feel like uh, it opens up within itself where, yeah, there's different parts of the jungle. There's the camp. There's there's the riverside. There's obviously the mud scene with, with Arnold and Predator. But... It's all the same yeah, visually. Yeah. You get different environments and different problem solving from an action perspective, different set pieces that play into how the action is crafted. And uh, yeah, I mean, I can't just, I mean, uh, coming into these old films, coming into something like Die Hard that has a huge amount of reverence, mm-hmm. it's a challenge for me as a, as a critic to talk about something unique, bring something new to the table. And with McTiernan, there's... Believe me, I'm bringing this up. Uh, I mean, not many people may talk about Nakatomi Plaza as the setting for Die Hard <laughs> in such an positive way, but I really do believe it was easy with this movie to spot what was a secret ingredient to a success, and it is all in that setting. It's in how yeah. the action is built in response to the setting then. So. so cool. It's such a proper action director. Absolutely. Like such a proper uh, Maybe action director. Maybe the proper action director. I it mean, could be. I mean, you could say he laid the foundation for a lot of modern stuff yeah, for a couple yeah. decades. Absolutely. I'm wondering, how was the pacing of the film? Where Did you feel, because of what the content we're dealing with, does it still feel fast-paced even though it's two hours and 12 minutes for um, a Christmas action movie? I think so, because you're so engaged with... The actual stakes of how does John McClane get out of this building mm-hmm. with these terrorists? Right. Eventually, as that turns into more of uh, him being a problem solver or you know a cleaner, if you will, how how do we take apart such a monumental force of these international terrorists? And and again, Alan Rickman is just a perfect <laughs> perfect villain here. So so wonderful to have as a foil to to Bruce Willis. 
because Bruce Willis is so casual and he's kind of annoying. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's talking to himself. He's wisecracking. He's, you know, he's narrating his right, own. Right. You know, he's in the vents and he's like, all right, come on, John. You know, what do you get into, John? You know, <laughs> very, very Bruce Willis stuff. Uh, but Alan Rickman is so cool under pressure. Yeah. Uh, and so refined and so well-spoken. You know, it's it's a really great uh, matchup there. Uh, I, I think that's honestly one area where this this takes a step back and feeling more 80s, feeling a little bit more dated. You know, don't get me wrong. Predator was a seriously campy film, <laughs> especially yeah. with Arnold and the like. Yeah. Bruce Willis narrating his own life out loud is just just a bit annoying sometimes, you know. <laughs> I'm just going to have to be real with it. I, I like Bruce Willis to an extent, but... Yep, um, we do, yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's it just here, it's just like, I don't know. If someone really has not seen Die Hard at all, has not seen a Bruce Willis vehicle coming into this, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think it could annoy some, uh, just how it even annoys me on what the 20th rewatch of, <laughs> of, of Die Hard. So. But there is no doubt John McClane is iconic as an action hero, right alongside uh, of, of Arnold, of Stallone, and much like we spoke about with RoboCop, iconic doesn't always equal good. Iconic is absolutely the word that I would describe John McClane. You know, it is it is a classic character, and and, and you know it, it may seem random at the time covering RoboCop when we did uh, with. Oh, we're um, doing the uh, the study. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I, honestly, I'm glad we did because I really do think it helped me even nail down what I meant by you know this is iconic. Yeah, I don't like it though. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't not that it was. More, it's just kind of opened our eyes a little bit too. I think there's a lot more of those than we might think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like I said, though, luckily Alan Rickman is honestly incredible in this. Um, I think it, I, I can say very easily this is my favorite role, even over you know Professor Snape and, and the Harry Potter series and whatnot. The cat and mouse that he has with Willis is is just a great example of why you should have your villain present at all points in your stories. Uh, the conversations over the CB radio allow them to confront each other over and over and over again without having to fight, without having to actually have real conflict. You know, it's, it's basically like a, the trash talking that happens before a title match or whatnot. It's, it's, it's great. So did it remind you anything of that Clint Eastwood film that we did in the mid or early 90s where it was him and then was it oh. Gary Busey? No, no, uh, it was um, uh, Malkovich. Oh, that's yes, right. Yes, But I remember you saying they were just because they were on the phone constantly. Yes. But I don't know if you loved that part. I didn't love it because it felt <laughs> it felt like it really had to jump through hoops in being in D.C. and being in multiple cities that they were oh. always talking. I felt like it took maybe away from the action. So the fact that we're stuck in this building yes. and we have this radio. Yes. Basically. Okay. Yeah. And and also it's very interesting that the radio, uh, you know, the, the walkie-talkie of it – it's probably intimidating for a screenwriter to take on because the the actual premise of it is that Hans Gruber and the terrorists are hearing everything that McLean is talking mm, to mm-hmm. the cops over and everything like that. And it's like, well, how do you make a story around the terrorists knowing everything and everyone knowing everything in and out? It's, it works because it's used in almost a trash talky, you know, rivalry <laughs> right, way. <yeah. laughs> and uh, man, uh, for for those that you know know and the many that uh, that have seen this film, uh, you know that this pays off in one of the greatest confrontation scenes, even before the end of the film, uh, and uh, it is just such 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 magic between these two. And seriously, though, it is a bona fide classic, uh, and surprising how much it pulls you in time after time. I probably 
seen this over 20 times, like I said. Wow, I didn't think that. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it just never gets old. It never gets old. I know exactly what's coming. I know how exactly the action scenes look. Uh, but it is just as engaging. And again, I think it, it relates to very specific points. You know, there's many things that this film does right. Uh, but I think McTiernan really has a, a magic to how he creates things. Uh, honestly, that factor of rewatchability might just be the biggest reason why this is a great Christmas movement mm-hmm. yet. We're going to go ahead and give Die Hard an 80 on the dot. 80 on the dot. Yeah. That's Great movie. A, that is a that's a very good score. Very good really movie. good score for a Christmas action film. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome, yeah, and I think yeah. well deserving. I think you're right. It, it, I love that it holds up until today. I don't think we get a lot of these, and in a way, it's a gem. It really yep. is. Yeah. Um, not to mention, it's an '80s action film. You know what I mean? Which, Absolutely. Which, it's just a recipe for failure at all, right. in all yeah, ways. Yeah. Could definitely be uh, Crash and Burn. And I mean, realistically, what do we see with the remaining of the series, the other four Die Hard films? Yes. They're, yep. they're all pretty much trash. So this one was uh, a good example of lightning in a bottle. There is five, isn't there? I know. I was looking at this and I was like, <laughs> like oh. mm, this would have been a perfect special. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I know. I, I always look for those five slots. I was well, like, you know, oh, who yeah. knows? Um, okay, cool. So we're going to keep it going here. We're now in 1996. This is called The Long Kiss Goodnight. Our another action. Is this straight Christmas? How does this blend Christmas and action, Vin? And what made you approach this one, too? Uh, probably out of the list this week, uh, the most action with Christmas in the background is undeniably a Christmas action film. Though. So, e- wow, even... L- even compared to Die Hard. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would say Die Hard, I mean... It's more Christmas All than the music. music is Christmas music. Uh, it's about them coming together for the holidays and, and reuniting. As is it more? Is it more? It's, it's a Christmas movie. Is it more up. Christmas than uh, White Christmas? <laughs> well, I think White Christmas is the ultimate. Uh, you know you that is that is distilled Christmas. Yeah, it is. But then you watch it and be like, Christmas doesn't play a very big part of this at all. <laughs> True. Uh, True. Okay, so the Long Kiss Goodnight '96. We have Sam Jackson in it. Uh, Gina Davis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what do we get here? Uh, yes. Uh, so the director of Die Hard Two actually. Uh, Rennie Harland on a team up with Shane Black uh, writing this script. Shane Black, uh, definitely no stranger to using Christmas, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in his in his films. Uh, honestly, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang from Shane Black would have been easily on this list, and and maybe even replacing Long Kiss Goodnight um, if we didn't cover it all already on a random ep- episode. Right. So, yeah. Want to want to bring some fresh per- perspective to it. Once again, on Christmas Eve, we follow a school teacher mother played by Gina Davis that is suffering from amnesia. And living with only the past eight years of her life, slowly her memories start to come back to her, and with it, the skills of an assassin. Uh, it's it's a, it's a fun premise. She's she really turns from mom baking cookies on the holiday to throwing knives <laughs> into people, uh, and and it really is. I mean, the action on this, uh, I would say, stands out more. Stronger than any of the combinations of Christmas and action, especially when we get into Fat Man and Violent Night, where it's just literally Santa Claus action. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> she pulls in Private Detective, Private Eye, played by Samuel Jackson, uh, to get the bottom of her dangerous past, and that kind of places them on a journey to to find out, you know, what are the what is the root of all these, uh, you know, assassin skills and 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 where all this dangerous uh, dangerous people from her past life are coming into play. Um, I got to say, Tom, 
I'm sorry. <laughs> cool premise. You know, was that in, that 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 hook a that little could, bit? Yeah, I think it hooked me a little bit. Sure. Yeah. I hate amnesia as a plot device. Is amnesia even real? Wow. Is, is, really? It's such a a tired TV movie trope to just you know have okay, missing yeah. memories. Okay. I just, I, it's just I'm, I'm trying to think of other amnesia it. movies. I swear um, to God, there's some I like. Yeah. They're not really coming to mind too much. So. I feel like amnesia is a an excuse, though, in screenwriting. I got it. Yeah. The Bourne movies. Oh, they do. Ha- oh. It's literally the whole entire premise is on It's amnesia. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. I Maybe that's one that slipped through the cracks, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's get into this a bit. Like, how was Gina Davis and Sam Jackson, how were they working with each other? How did they ping pong back and forth with one another? Sure. So uh, Sam Jackson definitely takes a, a side piece here, uh, a side role. Okay. But he really is phenomenal. Oh, he is okay. Uh, yeah, like yeah. one of the only good things. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Jackson is was was excellent in this. He really gets to just swear his ass off <laughs> and, and and comment on girls and 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 yell and scream and and it's it's great. He's he's uh, he's really he's really entertaining in this. Gina Davis, though, unfortunately, is is just not the best. Uh, she's trying real hard to be badass, and it's just not working for me. I think it's just how she goes about trying to be cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is she trying to act like a cool dude? It's very 90s. It's very... I, I mean, I, I think, if anything, her performance is shot on the foot because she's playing this mother, and it feels very natural to her. <laughs> and then she... Then she's John Wick. Yeah, yeah. She dyes her hair blonde. She cuts it short. She puts on pink lipstick. And it's just like the 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 approach to how you make this character cool is just so... Sickening? Yeah. yeah. It's just like... She then suddenly drinks and she, you know, dance, listens to cool music. She doesn't listen okay. to Christmas music. It's cringeworthy. It's, cringe- yeah. Yeah, it's just cringy. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. She makes a good mother, but not a good exactly. <laughs> killer. I really do think this film has a lot of tonal whiplash as well, especially in taking innocent moments in the beginning uh, and making them into this intense and, some, no joke, sometimes even scary, uh, <laughs> scary moments. Really? There's like some jump scares in this movie. Really? Oh, yeah. I was just like, what is this? Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Honestly, my... my, my my bird's eye on this film, it is a wonderful example of the quirks in Shane Black's writing. You know, how characters talk, the very specific dark comedy that pops up from time to time, and 100% how action is written. You know, sometimes that works, sometimes it falls flat in the worst, most corny way possible, <laughs> uh, and... This is a perfect example of just how, even within the film, even one one screenplay from Shane, Shane Black himself, how it can fluctuate, how it can go back and forth within one movie as well. And the funny thing is, is when you look back at Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, mm-hmm. you were not a fan of the writing. No. And you thought no. it went a little, it was just a, like, too, it pushed rated R too much. Yes. For what the movie should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was one of your big contentions with the film. And the funny thing is, we like Shane Black. Yeah. It's like, we like him, but, like, he only gets... To a certain point, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think uh, his films are always a balancing act to how much those moments work and how much the the corny, you know, cheesy moments don't work. Yeah, and almost every one of his films, whether he's just writing or definitely in his writing directing, is just a, a balance of if it tips the scales in that way. Right. Uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang doesn't largely work. Uh, something like Nice yeah. Guys, I would say. 
you know, probably has a good like 80% of really works and there's only about 20% oh, there. The, the that, funny thing is we love, I mean, the right, there's so much dialogue in, yeah. in The Nice Guys yeah. and we both love it. Yeah. I would yeah. say I like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang a little bit more than you. Really? Yeah, I think I like the writing better and the dialogue. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you go back and watch it or? No, or? I'm just very familiar with it because sure. I've probably seen it about three times. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, overall, it is really funny with Shane Black, isn't it? I forgot about the nice guys and just how much I like that right. <laughs> I know. And, 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 you know, maybe that's just you got to take a stab at it. You know, as a writer, it's just about trying new things, each each new script. And, it sounds uh, like he's getting better. Yeah. Right? Predator. Because he did Predator? Uh, yes. Uh, wrote Predator, I believe. So wrote Predator, yeah. wrote this, and then Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and then Nice Guys. Uh, with with it, in between, yeah, I, I understand yeah, there's, there's things in between, but in between. from what we covered, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it, it's just one of those things that I think this is unfortunately why I'm bringing this up and why this kind of this uh, the the balancing scales uh, of his writing uh, and when it works and when it doesn't. I think unfortunately this one is tipping in the doesn't uh, category. And yeah, not to mention, it. I mean, I guess we should know the director too. He's not known for too too much, except he did do Cliffhanger. Yep. yep. Um, or produce? Did he direct it? I think he did direct it. Okay. Yeah. All right. And um, it, you know. Some has to go on his shoulders also. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. And I think uh, that's where I maybe step step back away from even the praise of some of the action in this film. This is really a seriously action-packed film. Uh, so much so that, like I said in the beginning, it's kind of stepping away from Christmas more so than any other you know uh, entry on this on this episode. And uh, as far as how the action is written, it feels very Shane Black and how. Mm. You know, there, there's an early scene when when uh, the the ghosts of her past, so to speak, are are finally coming back. There's like a home invasion type of thing, uh, and and you could just see like how like Shane Black wrote <laughs> how how this action was going to play out. But execution and execution in a good way, you know, that's on the director yeah, here. Yeah. But uh, I, you know, I will say this movie. You know, it really does evolve quite a bit in two hours uh, to the point that I was really surprised. Just how I was kind of surprised of some weird horror elements <laughs> in it as well. But it's 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 just kind of a mess, honestly. Okay, uh, all right. It's it's not some. It's very '90s, extremely '90s. I, I it, there are aspects that I liked about this film. I think if anything, Sam Jackson really saves it uh, in a supporting role. He made it. Yeah, he made the pill go down a little bit easier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and and really good. I actually I I. I I think he was he was very enjoyable in this, uh, but I think it just uh, it was just hurt so much by underwhelming performances and and and, and again, like you said, Tom cringy writing yeah. that really is the is the word. Unfortunately, yeah, uh, that nineties plays into it, and as well, there was maybe a, a little bit of a vendetta I had for the for the film because of how unprioritized Christmas was <laughs> for for it. Uh, you know, it's not about coming together for the holidays. There's barely any Christmas music, you know. But but most but it still counts as Christmas? It does. Like it's still Absolutely. on the list? Oh, yeah, because it takes place all on Christmas Eve or, or, or like a, leaning up to Christmas Eve. Okay. Uh, it so is. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, it Where's it located? Is. The, like, are we in New York? Or are we in? Uh, I f- it's a small well, town. Okay, so not that important then. Yeah, okay. no, yeah, it's a small town. Uh, and that's part of, you know, the the, the shock of, of her having amnesia and then all of a sudden being an assassin. Mm, yeah, of course, of know, course, yes. So. But with that said, uh, we're going to go ahead and give the long kiss goodnight a 48. Ooh, 48. 
Yeah. Cool. Okay. All right. Not, not great. <laughs> so you can skip past this. Yeah. Yeah. If you, have a, if, you have, skip. if you have a good five Christmas movies to watch, this is not going to be one of them. <laughs> no, no. So stay away from this. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't too familiar with it. And I, I guess there's a reason why also. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So now we're going to get into the 2000s here. This is 2000. This is directed by John Frankenheimer. Mm. Uh, this is called Reindeer Games. And again, we should. There was an honorable mention, which I thought was going to be on here, which was Jingle All the Way. <laughs> Very Christmas, but you were thinking not enough action. Yeah, it's just it, more only of a, the end is action. Exactly. And, even if that, and, and there's, there's no blood, there's no guns. You know what yeah, I mean? It's a soft action. It's exactly. a PG action. Exactly. Um, I mean, Arnold does a lot to bring that, but yeah, I I had to go with the actual true action. And, and, and if anything, that's the template of Die Hard. You know? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So here we have Ben Affleck, Gary Sinise, Charles, Charlize Theron, and <laughs> Reindeer Game. Kind of what do we get here? A and, doozy okay. of a movie. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I almost don't even know where to begin, Tom, with this one. This Not one is, is wild. So we're going downhill. Yeah, oh yeah. We are we are sledding down. There's a Yeti behind us. We are going <laughs> fast. Um the director here, uh John Frankenheimer, uh really a storied career. I mean, he did the original Manchurian candidate from 62. He did Ronin with Robert De Niro from 1998. Uh, Which is okay. That has moderate success and praise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I may want to revisit it. I think it actually has a fairly low score on our on our data uh, okay. for Ronin. Because uh, I remember watching that not too long ago. Uh, but two years after, and honestly just two years before his death, death uh, he released one of his worst remo- <laughs> reviewed movies and... <laughs> My apologies, folks. I, I, I really am good with staying away from from reviews and tainting my perspective on this. But uh, this one, uh, <laughs> this one was almost unavoidable. Uh, Tom, what, 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 you, what are the reviews on this? Uh, what, what are, what are not, some of the numbers? They're here? not good. <laughs> they're not good. Yeah. Uh, we're, very, we're very much dealing with the 20s and the 30s and yeah. the 40s of percents. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm going to assume that's where you're, you're kind of sitting as well well it's more of a you know when unfortunately when the reviews are in mind i really try my best uh, just how i'm trying my best to you know, always stay away from it and stay untainted it's more so just kind of putting the back of my head but we play the game yeah. you know are they wrong or are they right <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> with this one and uh Unfortunately, they're pretty right with this one. Uh, Reindeer Gains is about Ben Affleck finding out about his friend's girl in prison. When he gets out of the joint, he steals his friend's identity to get laid quick with Charlize Theron. Uh, With this, his friend's life comes uh, with his criminal connections along with it and forces Affleck to get involved with a casino heist on none other than Christmas Day. Again, I like the. I don't. I don't hate the premise. Uh, yeah, there's no. parts that can really that could, that could hook me. Absolutely, absolutely, and and really a dynamite cast. Uh, this has a very big cast: Ben Affleck, Charlize Theron, um, Gary Sinise, uh, Isaac Hayes. Mm, yep, uh, a very early Ashton Kutcher. Uh, really? Or not, yeah, he's a, just a bit bit role. He's just like washing his hands in a in a bathroom. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Even Charlize Theron. I mean, her. I think her first acting gig in the movie was um, that thing you do oh, with Tom yeah, Hanks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mm-hmm. guess that was two or three years or two yeah by late 90s two or four years late 90s yeah yeah so she hasn't she's not very well known still yeah yeah undeniably a christmas movie it takes place during the holidays it's about ben stealing his his dead friend's girl to have a merry christmas (laughs) 
What puts you more in the spirit of the holidays? Uh, But the plot is laughably bad, Tom. Uh, It is constantly flip-flopping between Affleck pretending to be his dead friend and giving up the truth just straight up that he's not his best friend. And somehow, some way, still people are confused and characters are fooled by... Affleck's reindeer games. It is a joke. I, I I mean, I I was in disbelief watching this, honestly. It was like, how the hell is Ben Affleck <laughs> fooling anyone? <laughs> okay, yeah. He just told him he wasn't the dead friend, and then the next scene is just like, so how do we get into this casino? Where's security going to be posted? <laughs> he doesn't know. He's not the friend. It's so bad. Um, Aaron Kruger is the writer on this one. You know, looking at what he's done, it honestly just made me more confused because the logic of this script is atrocious. Uh, it is <laughs> easily the worst quality about the film. Uh, it is 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 just so bad. Uh, I, I, I really. Yeah, should we go through the? I mean, he wrote The Ring and Top Gun. I, Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Because I saw the ring, I was like, oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. what's going I'm on in. here? Okay, all right. And then Maverick, I was like, all right. <laughs> all right. Sad Ooh, boy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I said, uh, a highlight of the film, it's a very big cast and, and kind of a nostalgic cast as well for this 2000s time period. I'm sorry, but Ben Affleck is not bringing it at all, much like Gina Davis in the last one. Uh, some very rough acting here, especially in the many tense scenes. He has a real bad habit of just moving his face so much. He's just always really? cracking like a real douchey smile <laughs> or he's always raising his eyebrows. It's like, Ben, I I understand acting is reacting. You don't need to react to everything. It's it's so, it, it, it's, it's rough. It's so funny. And um, Lieutenant Dan himself, how'd he do? Gary Sinise. Uh, uh, Gary Sinise is, 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 is okay. Uh, I think he is cool as a as a villain as an antagonist here you know uh he he brings a lot of a lot of cool villain energy to it but he's just so dumb in this Mm. um he plays the loose end to the friend's life and uh, unfortunately he's intimidating but he's also not intimidating at all because his character (laughs) and his crew are basically the butt of the joke if you will or the butt of Ben Affleck's horrible fooling of if he's the dead friend or not. And it's, and, uh, folks, it, it, this flip-flops probably 15 times. And it's like, how would anyone be fooled by this? <laughs> it's, it's, it's asinine. It, it really is asinine. Moronic. Uh, I, I was, again, in disbelief. It was real quick back to, uh, to Ben Affleck's acting. Um, in some of this, you know, he reveals he's not. He tricks him once again. Right, right. You know, it, it, it's terrible. He yells out at this one thing. He goes, I want some goddamn hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> and they go to a diner. <laughs> Practically a hostage scenario. <laughs> they take this man to a diner so he can get some hot chocolate. <laughs> it's so, I mean, it's it's borderline Nick Cage acting, honestly, for for, for Bad, Nick Cage. Bad yeah, Nick yeah. Cage. Bad Nick Cage. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. The, the, the over, over distilled cage. Not surprised. I'm not yeah. surprised dealing with an Affleck. Yeah. He can yeah. be good. He can be bad. Uh, but, <laughs> man. Uh, like I said, uh, borderline asinine. Uh, honestly, this 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 whole plot, how it moves forward, how like if you actually had to like lay out the plot points of what characters are right. doing, like moronic, uh, like the most like how how Just could messy, you ever? Not, yeah. Okay, like, it is an hour and forty four. Yeah, 
<laughs> true, true. It was it was breezy. Okay, was all right, breezy. there you go. There we go. <laughs> He's trying to bring me back, folks. It's, He's it's... <laughs> trying to bring back the holiday spirit a little bit. <laughs> like I said, uh, I, I think where it kind of even ruins some enjoyment of just cool action side of this. Mm-hmm, sure. Because Gary Sinise does bring some cool energy to it, especially with his crew. Um, you know, it could, it's it's just sadly they are the ones being fooled. So the idiocy of Affleck and the plot and the script now bleeds so much into other characters. Right, it brings down the competent characters now yeah. to not being so competent anymore. Exactly, yeah. it's, it was it was uh, really contagious, uh, and how much this was idiotic. <laughs> so uh, it really goes from potentially badass, or, or rather his crew potentially badass, to like I said, the butt of the joke. The icing on top is the script thinks it is so clever. It thinks it's the smartest thing oh really it, oh oof. yeah <laughs> it this kruger probably walked away from this and he said ah, <laughs> no <laughs> one's gonna see this coming <laughs> he was probably oh man that guy's like, just the worst for shit people with this one he was so happy uh <laughs> And it couldn't be farther from the truth. Uh, I'll say, I'll admit that the story tries to swing for every possible twist. I mean, it is, <laughs> you know what I mean? It is swinging for the fences. It's just uh, time after time again. Uh, and, and how much they can fit into one movie, no less an under two hour movie. But I don't think any of it is good. There is a line, Charlize says, uh, that basically tries to hint at some sort of Fargo, small town crook theming. And it's like, no. Yeah, this story has not built on that. It has been built on the weakest foundation possible <laughs> and the most moronic characters I've ever seen. I sincerely wish <laughs> this could have been uh, on a Spig rating, so bad it's good. Oh, um, yes, yes. I really do think this has, Reindeer Games has potential of being. A so bad it's good candidate, honestly. Just but the for problem is, it's bad though. It is. It, it and and that's where I'm I'm coming in with it. It's it's just flat out. It's bad, bad. bad. Yeah, I think it. You know, if if that is being illustrated by like a circle that it kind of has to come in on itself, right? Uh, to be good again, uh, makes the full loop. It's it's just right there, but it falls back in on the tracks <laughs> and goes careening <laughs> back into itself. So. Not making that full circle is, is is not good, and unfortunately, Reindeer Games is not good. Uh, I hate to say, uh, such a low one on on an episode and on a on a week. I was really excited. I mean, I, I chose these films, <laughs> <laughs> so I knew what I was in for. We're gonna go ahead and give Reindeer Games a nineteen. Wow. <laughs> Wow, okay. It was atrocious. I love it. 19. <laughs> he love, he big fan. It. I'm a big fan of these scores today. <laughs> Filling out the loads. Wow, at 19%. Yeah, so, folks, stay, stay, stay away. It's not even so bad it's good. I I, I know. I really I mean, wish I could say it was. Like uh, some redeeming. Like it's so bad that yeah. something redeeming about it. Maybe if you hate the actors wow. and the actresses, maybe this would be a so bad it's good so that you can just kind of shit on it. I have but. a feeling that Char- how was Char- Charlene's... Charlize. Charlize's um, acting, because I feel like her early career is actually not that good. Uh, yeah. It, um, her talent, I should remind say. me a little bit of like, uh, am I remembering correctly? She was in Devil's Advocate. This I don't know. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never want that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would say you are uh, hitting on the same area, though, that it's very early on. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, she hasn't just stepped into the her own attitude. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, I definitely. I think the peak, obviously, is Mad Max, you know, where it's like she barely talks at all, but she sells her to oh, her star her peak power. is? That's interesting. Maybe it is Mad Max. Yeah, I don't know. Because she's in so much. 
Yeah, she really is. But yeah. uh, okay, so so nineteen reindeer games. Wow. <laughs> yeah. People stay away. <laughs> Uh, I knew you're gonna like it. <laughs> well, it's not often we get in the teens it's around true, here. It's true. It's true. And I, <laughs> and I was really, I was all over the sub fifties. You know, I was like, it, it kept on going lower as the <laughs> as the film went on, getting so. more and more angry. Yeah, I believe that is the uh, lowest rated among some of the critics that we often look at. Oh yeah, the critic sites. We should say yeah. Yeah, I think so. Nineteen, and that's where it was like. It was the game of are they right, are they wrong? And believe me, I've said it many times, I like going against the grain. I like being contrarian. This is why uh, I don't hate when you're like, if you go, I mean, I love that you do it where you're mm-hmm. to try to stay away from everything, yes, fresh yes. eyes, fresh, you know, okay, whatever the pr- picture is, give mm-hmm. it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm never worried about you looking or hearing other people's critics. You're getting or, tainted with it. Yeah, because I, I will, you've been doing a good job of calling it how it is, <laughs> and I think you're just getting better at that anyway. <laughs> right, right. It's just getting more natural. <laughs> right, right. Um, because how often have we gone back to these well-scored films? Ah, uh, sure. And it's trash. Hey, exactly. You know, exactly. Kane Mutiny. Yeah. <laughs> among, among many. That was also the game. Is, is it below Kane Mutiny? <laughs> and it definitely was. So. Uh, okay, so let's jump 20 years in advance. So this is 2020, a pretty recent film. Yep. Um, this film is called Fat Man. And I feel like a lot of people might be kind of – this. there was a decent amount of ads Oh yeah, when this came out. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it was talked about a little bit when it did come out. Mm-hmm. Again, it's action Christmas movie, as you alluded to earlier. This mm-hmm. is like Santa action. Like <laughs> right, Santa yeah. is now being involved in this. Yep, big uh, we have Walton Goggins mm-hmm. as bad guy, and we have Mel Gibson playing Chris Kringle. Yep, yep. So what do we get with Fat Man? This is our shortest yet. It's an hour and 40. Oh. All these are rated R. Yep. Or R rated R. Yeah. And what do we get with this Christmas? Undeniably Christmas for sure. Yeah. And maybe you, you hone in on, on Christmas action does need to be rated R. It does need to have blood and, and guns. That to seems it. to be that's the that's the deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Fat Man. Yeah, I mean, I think this film was was ripe for flying under everyone's radar. Um, Hollywood's most hated Mel Gibson. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which uh, I think both of us don't really mind too much. Uh, not in the sense that like we 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 watched uh, Dragon Cross Concrete and and some things he's been in. No, I'm pretty pro. It's okay. It, Mel Gibson is back. He took sure. it. You know what I mean? They yeah. He, he, he got, took his lumps. Right. He was exiled for six to eight years or something sure, like that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Did his due. The more research I do more about it, like his more private stuff that mm-hmm. like people don't actually touch on, mm-hmm. the more I actually like him. Yeah. Now you go back and listen to the clips <laughs> and it's a little, it's tough. You know, it's tough. It's one of those things where just like, okay, very, uh, the dude's got some issues. He definitely had some <laughs> the issues. drunk calls. Oh yeah. But it's, it's, it's he is so good at acting. Yeah. And now hearing, a, again, I have heard a decent amount of actual private stories that mm-hmm. stuff he keeps more quiet mm-hmm. that actually is very good on his character. Oh, okay. Okay. And it makes me feel, you know what I mean? It's, sure, it's, it's sure. like, oh, Okay, so there's there's gray area here. Yeah, yeah. And he's a very gray, morally character guy. That's <laughs> yeah. hey. Um, but yeah. A good fit for this depiction of Chris Kringle as well. Yes. Uh, yeah. But in 2020, he's been, he's been doing a, a decent amount of films since mm-hmm. he's kind of come back a little bit. Yep. A very interesting Chris Kringle, yeah. Yeah. I think as well, the Nelms Brothers, very obscure directing, writing career, and uh, Saban Films as well, a production company that shovels out countless projects that should never see the light of day <laughs> uh so i mean i just think this was this film did not get a fair shake uh and definitely you know obviously came, coming out in 2020 just was primed to fly, fly under everyone's radar uh i am here to say though yeah like peak peak covid lockdown stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly exactly i'm here to say though fat man 
a good movie. <laughs> it is Whoa. a good movie. Okay. Uh, and, and, and on <laughs> the back of your boy, it is all on Walter Goggins. I this appreciate may be you his, saying that. I appreciate this you saying that. This may be his definitive role, as crazy <laughs> as that is to say. You know, he's working with Tarantino and everything. It, this is this is Walter So Goggins. I really liked him in Hateful Eight. I think that so far is my, yep, my yep. favorite with him in it. I really did like him in this. Yep. yep. Uh, I watched it, obviously. I'm okay. just talking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny because... I found Mel and here's another thing about Mel Gibson uh-huh. just to cap off also sure, our conversation. Sure. The reason also he is such a good actor. Yeah. He yeah. is such a freaking good actor. Yeah. Like when he brought emotion to this character, yeah, yeah. When he's talking to the elves at one point and yeah. it's like this guy's great. Yeah, he's yeah. such a good actor. He's, yeah. And then as you say Walter Goggins, uh <laughs> bad guy, plays a pretty good bad guy. I, amazing. I, no, I thought he was amazing. Uh, he it was is exactly what I wanted from it. Okay, especially for how much this is a dark comedy. Um, for um, tone of the film, how violence and and how action is built into yes. this uh, this concept. So if okay, now that I've taken the wheel from you on this, <laughs> just <laughs> so, just so you know where I'm coming from sure, with this, sure. and just, then it's because I think it'll be easier to build on top of that. Then mm-hmm. at least for me talking about sure, it sure. is right off the bat. This film almost it didn't disappoint me. Okay. And okay. I'm maybe not coming across as about really? it as you. I really, really loved the acting. I almost like everybody's role, everything yep. about it. Yeah, yeah. Throughout the entire watching of it was a few things. One, mm-hmm. I wish they had a little bit more money. I feel like it could be done better. Uh, sure, sure. That's one. Two, I wish they had a better and more involved stunt coordinator mm. where the action could have actually been a little bit better. <laughs> yes. Yes. And three, I it was a little boring. Hmm. And it was a lot of dialogue and talking where that dark comedy, mm-hmm. I wish there was a little bit more comedy to the dark side the, of it. And sadness. Mm. You know, there was some sadness in there. So yeah. I wish there was a little bit things that were a little more ridiculous and yeah, yeah. able to laugh at. That being said, I, I did like it. Yeah. I'm coming across as just like you said, it's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. I agree, but it, I can't help but that's gnawing at me. Sure. Because I sure. wish, I feel like it was inches away or very close to being something way more special. And that's where I feel like it really is on uh, on Goggins' shoulders because it's the the story is split up into thirds and, and folks at home this will be you know get you up to speed a little bit on it, you yeah, know. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean it's I'm, it's, not, it's used a, to, I'm not used to this. It's <laughs> a good mark of a surprising movie, you know, we're excited to talk about it. You know, it, it it's an R-rated dark comedy but really aims to be quite a cute heartwarming Christmas story. Um I, I will say my early notes said, you know, I'm a bit in conflict of who this is for uh, as far as an audience. But oh, interesting. Oh, really? A- after seeing Violent Night, I, I, I kind of was like, all right, well, clearly this is, you know, an emerging subgenre of direct Santa action. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and you ha- if, if Santa is going to be involved in it, I would say children's <laughs> dreams and hopes are going to be involved <laughs> in it. I would say anything, anyone over the age of 15 or 16. Yes, yes. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, the story is kind of broken up into thirds. Uh, Christmas and, and action are combined literally. Mel Gibson is a grizzled, uh, cynical Chris Kringle uh, that drinks and, and grumbles about the youth. I honestly, I actually really love the the little subtle ways he lives up to being Santa and how that yeah. plays into the eventual action that the film has brewing. Uh, he knows everyone's name. Uh, he knows yeah. their hopes and dreams, and it's just I don't know. It was it was he was a cool he was 
a cool action character for that reason. Right. You know, he had intel and of everyone. Even the way he was um, kind of run down and, like you said, just like grumpy, you know, he yeah. has the flask that, that Mrs. Claus has to take away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he's like that because Christmas cheer is kind of gone and he's yeah. upset with his in, in, with his own self. Yep, Because yep. he's feel like, you know, Santa's losing steam yep. and obviously he puts that on his own shoulders and it's just, it's good. Yeah. It's, it's not great. like Batman where the city is running him down. <laughs> it's more so like he's putting it on himself. <laughs> the world is running him down. Yeah. Right, right. The, I would say the second third is a young rich kid with a literal Napoleon complex. He has a picture of Napoleon behind him <laughs> and uh, uh, it, it all kicks off when he hires a hitman uh, to go after uh, the fat man. That hitman is, is again... <laughs> Man, Walter Goggins, it is 100% the greatest part of the movie. He is so good. He plays this psychotic hitman obsessed with children's past presence and past dreams, and <laughs> it, it, it's just so awesome. I can't stress enough how much this film was on his back. His segments are easily the funniest. Like the, the, the Santa plot, it's okay. It's kind of funny, but the Hitman segments are ten times better. I think. I think it was all really? about him. Yeah. So I would have to say <clears throat> I really liked Gog Goggins, mm-hmm. but honestly, because there's el- there's I don't know there's little flashes of his character where mm-hmm. it's like, why didn't they hit on that more? <laughs> you have gold in this scene. Why sure. was that not le- let into more? Mm-hmm. And again, I feel like there was a drop ball with him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I, I really liked him and. And I felt like Mel Gibson's acting was so good, and I liked almost <laughs> him portraying this. And even with Gibson going along with Mrs. Claus yeah. and everything like that, I actually really, really liked it. I just found it a bit boring. And sure. definitely the more, most of the last came of Goggins, like you said. Yeah. But I felt like Gibson's acting was so good that, for me, they were a little bit more equal in watching. Mm-hmm. Because I couldn't mm-hmm. help but feel but that Goggins... They, whether it be writing or directing, kind of dropped the ball a little bit. Sure, he there was he was a great character. He was so good. And he some has very funny parts, these yeah. American Psycho uh, Leon the Professional vibes. You know that yes. is just such a psychotic hitman, uh, and it's just so enjoyable to watch in this in this movie. And I gotta say, I mean, watching this movie, I was impressed with how cute and heartwarming it is. I mean, it's 100% a dark comedy. It's 100% a rated R film. But, yeah, but there yeah. are some really, it is a good Christmas film and 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 hit on the note of that it it has to have um, certain aspects. Uh, for instance, just how the comedy is built with the kid uh, and that he takes it so seriously and he's hiring a hitman, but oh, yes. all of it is motivated because he got coal. You know what I mean? It's, it's still yes, it's, Christmassy. It's playing with those kid, yeah, it's playing yeah. with those the legend of, of, of yeah the legend exactly yeah. where it's just it's the cutesiness still it's always still present yeah exactly yeah. it was a very cute movie uh, and that's odd to say I also think I was you know in in reflecting on the entire week and, and really refining some of the reviews this film was kind of you know amazing that it was able to pull that off with still being rated R we'll look at you know we'll obviously be talking about Violent Night in just a bit and Violent Night it kind of falls on its face in trying to make these cutesy moments with how the viol- uh, with how the action is presented in that film. This film did not have that problem. Maybe it was a result of it being a little slower. Did you agree with my with with yes. my comments on that? Yes, yeah. and I think that's just ultimately the the Santa Claus plot is just a little bit less engaging. Yeah, I was and I, more I, about you know Goggins and how how great you know he was on screen. I just wish more was there. And even mm-hmm. with with with, I felt like there could have been a little bit more comedy with mm-hmm. with um with Santa. 
Mm-hmm. And I keep on saying Mrs. Claus because what her name is. Yeah, I thought she was great too. Ma- uh, Marianne Jean Baptiste. I, I think so. I I don't know her as an actress. I think that's she how you... was really great though. I'd like notable. To, I, oh, I thought she made a great Mrs. Claus. Yeah, a great yeah. Mrs. Claus. And in this universe, that she was definitely like tough enough, and uh, you know, uh, she she knew the ins and outs of the operation of Santa. Yes, you know? yeah. yeah. And just like and to your point, where it's like the cutesiness of Christmas still plays it like she's still baking cookies. Yep, yep, and everything like oh, that. I love how all the elves, uh, all the all the elves eat only sweets. Right, totally. The tropes <laughs> are there, so great. but even where the elves work, it's darker. It's a little bit yep. more like an industrial kind yep. of dirty than what you might think. Absolutely, uh, it all really works. It all yeah. it does. It really works. Yeah, I think the only area where it would maybe be more 50 50 is like you said with budget i definitely agree this you know and and look at the directors they're kind of you know i mean i don't know what the what the finances were behind this but i I think it does work because we don't really see the santa magic i liked the subtle ways that the santa magic no issue with that yeah when i say money i think the military guys could have been (laughs) a little bit more official yeah 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 and again, I just think if you would have had a better stunt team, a yes. better fight team, the action and itself. the choreography, I mm-hmm. think it would have really benefited the directors because there could have been a little bit more and it could have been more engaging. You Absolutely. Know what I, mean? I do think it came down as pretty generic mm-hmm. where, again, not to, not to bring it up a second time, but more of a John Wick, something where you're just like, oh my gosh, where you're watching and you're kind yeah, of yeah, lighting yeah. up and engaged. Yep. It just was not that. Yeah, the action was not as electric. More Christmas and, and than I, action. Right, and I feel like it was leaning a little bit more on the ridiculousness of what we're having stand like the whole premise is ridiculous enough and just yep. grabbing enough I just wish like I said just drop the ball a little sure, bit sure sure and it's what you're gonna get honestly with with the type of projects that are probably presented and to with, him and you know? with this budget probably exactly. for sure yeah so my note for the comedy just to kind of give folks at home some some uh, you know an understanding of this it's it's kind of like an R-rated version of the comedy you'd find in like The Santa Claus with Tim Allen you know jokes are often focused on how Santa works in the real world how the adult world would interact with Santa Claus yes. yeah 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 uh, and that definitely goes back to you know uh, the the factory of the elves there are you know the lunch break is all pies and cookies and whatnot so uh, there's, there's a good matching there it is definitely a dark comedy though so uh, definitely expect a, a gory shoot 'em up. Uh, not the goriest on the list. That definitely goes to Violent Night. It, you got to was... see some blood. Got oh some yeah, good. This is a bloodstained snow. And again, on Goggins, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Goggins says this hitman is is just great. And it's cool to follow such chaotic energy. And we did follow the hitman a bit. The, yes. with the one I mean, just that one scene that's so funny in my opinion that I wish they almost leaned into more of that silliness mm-hmm. was just that scene. It was where he's prepping a little bit. Yep, he's, yep. He's at the uh, the Asian restaurant and everything like <laughs> yeah, that. He's he goes to the Asian restaurant on Christmas. Nothing else is open. I loved it. I also love the edits here. Uh, when yeah. he's driving, he's driving up at yes. some point. The editing was like Edgar Wright good. It was like visual <laughs> whoa, comedy. It was whoa. it was good editing. It was good like editing comedy. On wow. It. It, okay. I'm telling you, it, it was it was it was. I'm tight. so glad you liked this. Yes. This is on the list because of me. Yeah. As, as, yeah. as soon as you said action, I was like, he got up a fat man. Yeah, he did. He did. But I, I I mean, honestly, this this week has had some rough some rough picks. Uh, and, and Fat Man, luckily, was not one of them because I really didn't just want to have a, a bad streak all the way through. So uh, just very, very enjoyable. I would say a fun Christmas boys watch. I would say 
a good a good watch for the combination of Christmas and action, uh, and definitely a uh, probably the the top entry until more movies try this idea and more scripts are, are green light around literal Christmas Santa Claus action. I think Fat Man definitely gets the crown with it. We're gonna go ahead and give Fat Man a seventy five. Wow! Oh yes. <laughs> Seventy five percent, great score. Great, great score. score. Very I enjoyable. Movie. Could not be any more happy with that. I'm yeah. shocked that you gave it this. I'm really, <laughs> yeah. really pleased with it. Uh, let's see. Let's see where the Tommy Two Shoes. <laughs> okay, <on> so <laughs> I'm very curious because I feel like you were overall more critical to the action and whatnot. Yeah, I get. And it almost felt long for an hour and forty. Mm. And I just think, and I'm happy with it being an hour forty. It's like, what do you cut? It's like, don't cut anything. Just make some of the scenes maybe a little bit better. Pacing. This is a, a yeah pacing. And, but but I don't need a shortened runtime. Sure, I want to see more of these characters, mm-hmm. but give them a little bit more to work with. Mm-hmm. I really struggled between, <laughs> really struggled between two shoes or two shoes. No, well, I struggled with one shoe or two shoes. Okay, okay. So and I actually got caught up. I kind of got confused with what the rating was again. <laughs> I think it goes. It goes. <laughs> I'm going to need your help on this one. Well, you see, it's one shoe or two yeah, shoe. It's one shoe. And then laces or no, no laces. No, no, no. It's, okay. it's one shoe, one shoe tied. Oh, really? I, I'm asking. Uh, no, no. I think, I, think. I think it's 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 shoes first, well, then how about ties. This? So it's not. Okay. So listen to this. Zero shoes. Okay. Right? One shoe, laces untied. Okay. One shoe, laces tied. Sure. Then you have two shoes. Okay. Then you have two shoes, one lace tied, one knot. Okay. And then you go for the granddaddy. Two, two shoes, shoes all, all, all laced, laced up. up. <laughs> so that's where it's saying, is there a one shoe with the laces? That's what I was struggling with. I don't know. I mean... I think so, because I think one shoe... I think that maybe illustrates a little bit of a... No, know, uh... one shoe with the lace is about 50. <laughs> sure, sure. Because then... And, and it because... shows that it can be really good sometimes, but it also doesn't have a shoe. <laughs> Well, think about it. it <laughs> I love this real deep dive. Well, think into about <laughs> the Tommy Two Shoes. If one hundred, if like if if the best of like if your ninety plus percent, sure, your sure. your must watches, if that's two shoes tied, mm-hmm. half of that, which would be fifty percent, is one shoe tied. Sure, sure, I love it. Maybe that's a covenant fifty percent that I barely touch. I, I like this this workshopping that we're doing. <laughs> struggling okay that's out. what I, I was like oh shit hey, Lizzie, it's your call it's your call but did you think that it went zero shoes one shoe two, two shoes, shoes then laces then we talk laces yeah yeah okay <laughs> yeah we're talking laces okay so this film gets two shoes okay this this film gets two shoes yep no laces that's it. yeah sorry that, that's not that i mean it's pretty anticlimactic now that we just spent all that time talking about it but it gets two shoes. It's good. It's good. It gets two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the episode that that cemented that. Though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's really pondering over here. Well, I gave private parts two shoes, one of one them tied, which is big. So did, I? I think a very simple. Did you like this more or less than private parts? I think that's just a. a I think again, fundamental I, way you can. The funny thing it. is, I it, I think it has potential to be better, but the drop ball brings it down a notch. Mm. And I put this more with uh, un, like I brought up last week, unbearable weight of massive talent. Oh, okay, which yeah, got yeah. two shoes. Sure, sure. Um, and just as funny in some spots, but also I will say I almost had some problems. Yes, and I actually think I liked unbearable weight a little bit more. Okay, but because we, did, we only have so many shoes to work with, <laughs> it goes in that umbrella. Maybe we'll get into how Ooh, how laced I'm it is. I'm with this one. Double honestly. knot, perhaps. <laughs> I, I was expecting liked... like a winter boot. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> that really got Damn you. Yeah, that yeah, really that's a really good idea, Finn. <laughs> 
What do they call I'll those ice walking boots? Snowshoes. Snowshoes. Okay. Or like an ice skate. Yeah, yeah. I could have got an ice. You know. Um, I think I, I think a proper two shoes, two shoes, two shoes, two shoes. I think that's perfect. Yeah, I, and I think that's somewhere around. I don't know, you, you, a sixty-five for you or something yeah. like that. Because I think you're so right with the laces. Because <laughs> you got to worry one about sh- the shoes. One first. shoe, two shoes, then we deal with laces. Bingo. So I cut out the one shoe, one lace. Because who's lacing up one one shoe? You know. Well, the whole point is you're half there. You're fifty. <laughs> Maybe if I ever had to give something a fifty percent, I can't make up my mind. Yeah. Good side or bad side. Sure, sure. We'll throw that. Yeah. We'll give that. I like that. <laughs> He's exhausted. So this guy <laughs> He's exhausted, folks. That was a heavy. I could have played with the Christmas theme so much. <coughs> oh man. I could have gave it, you know, six reindeer, not eight, or something like that. Anyway, here's the thing. I really, so really good. like the acting in this. All characters. Yeah. I like the kid. I like Goggins. I liked uh, Baptiste. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, and I, like I said, Mel Gibson really played it well. Yeah. And, I mean, there's this scene where Mel Gibson has to rush out of bed with no shirt on <laughs> and get a gun, kind of. Yeah. And it is hilarious it is because so it's good. like, it's Chris Kringle. <laughs> right, right. And you see, where is he hiding his gun? <laughs> right. You know? um, I just say, I, yeah, I, more, more so than anything. Folks, give this a watch. I think you're going to be surprised on how heartwarming it is it, it, with the action, with so the violence. So true, but yeah, so true. You know, I mean, I think especially with that kid uh, and 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 the the cutesiness of even in Goggins, you know, he's he's collecting past gifts and whatnot as a as a. As soon as I saw that, I was like, I'm in. I'm buying it. stock in this movie. I, I'm, I I'm in. Uh, so I, I think it really surprised me in a good way, and I, I think that's why it gets such a you know a very positive. Score. Well, and I appreciate your seventy five so much because it cuts through the BS. Because mm-hmm. I think if you go online, you wouldn't know what to think, and I think sure. a lot of people have stayed away from this movie, mm-hmm. even if they heard of it, even mm-hmm. because it's not the most well known thing. Right, exactly. But you're dealing. I mean, look at. I mean, Rotten Tomatoes. I'll go on here, mm-hmm. and uh, critic score forty four, audience score eighty four. Mm-hmm. What do you do with that? Sure, I think eighty four sure. is way too high. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. forty four is way too low. Right, right. You know? exactly. So I just appre- I think the seventy five is a great score yeah and if you're looking for something different this christmas turn it on i think so i think so yeah you're sick of diehards an hour 42 absolutely i like how last week no Tommy two shoes on schinder's list but i gave it to private parts and with this diehard i'm, I'm silent <laughs> right. you go for man. the deep cuts you go for the deep cuts <laughs> um okay folks hey just giving everybody a reminder here going off the Value for value model. Are you finding the podcast and the website valuable? If you could, you go to the dailyratings.com, you head to the donations tab, and through monetary support, you show us what value you're getting. You write in a note as well, and we're going to read it here. So completely producer supported, and that's what you are when you when you're when you donate. You're a real life actual credited producer. We thank you all so much. Uh, and most importantly, right now, go ahead and tell somebody about it. Spread the word a little bit. You know, we want to have a nice 2023, we have some fun stuff planned, mm-hmm. and uh, we want as many people along for the ride as possible. So mm-hmm. we thank you all so much for that. Now, moving on, Vin, uh, this is our Now in Theaters. We alluded it to it before. This is Violent Night. And from what you said, this is the as violent as we get here oh. this week. Oh, boy, do we. Uh, this is with David Harbour do, being the lead, John mm-hmm. Lewis Goose. John Leguizamo. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, is in it, who we typically like also. Yep. But kind of set up this bloody this bloody Christmas tale here. And how did you like it? Yeah, we have really come full circle with the Christmas action movie about Santa Claus. And unlike Fat Man, this is now incorporating the magical side uh, to the man in red. Probably for budget reasons, as you've mentioned. But also, it's just, it's now full, full effect Santa Claus. You know, he touches his nose. He goes up the chimney. You know, we see the reindeer a lot. He has a bag 
bag that is a, a dimensional portal to presence, you know? <laughs> so, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, it really is, you know, full effect Santa Claus. Um, like you said, uh, stars David Harbour, similar kind of drunk, grumpy Santa. Uh, he Grizzled, also, yeah. Yeah, he has Viking tattoos, <laughs> which I thought was kind of kind of cool. <laughs> you know, when he's out delivering presents on Christmas Eve, he gets caught up in a home evasion heist uh, led by John Leguizamo and the family of the home being impacted and kind of having a B-plot within uh, the action. Um, gotta say, uh, this movie, the gore yeah. was straight up gross out uh it was it like, was that bad I, it was like Could you watching compare? mortal Kombat fatalities <laughs> really it was gory uh so much so that i was kind of uh side-eyeing some parents <laughs> that oh, brought that right? some very young children to the theater um how packed was it like what was this theater look like not very packed because i just I also it, saw it's it in only a weird you know like afternoon hour, okay you know i should say i mean it's only in theaters yep, it's yep. not online which you would almost think this movie was a direct release or something mm-hmm, like that or digital mm-hmm, i mean but mm-hmm. uh Interesting. It's interesting who would go to the theater for this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and granted, it's called Violent Night. Man. Was uh, it too much or did you yeah, start to abso- enjoy it? Oh, no, oh. absolutely. Uh, it, I mean, I'm, I'm not a, you know, I'm not You're quite a, good with gore, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was about the action. I was about the gore. Uh, there is a, a one-upsmanship that the film does, and 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 not to you know compare to a video game, but like Mortal Kombat Fatalities really does hit the nail on the head on how gory and trying to put it in your face and like, oh, watch uh, how this guy's gonna get killed. Uh, that that's really is the whole mo of the film is making the most gory kills possible within this Santa wow. action movie. That may be a serious green light for some people. I felt as the movie went on, it it was getting more and more gross. <laughs> more and more ramped up just yeah, to be more and more ramped up. Exactly. It's like it's almost like Game of Thrones deaths. It's like, what, <laughs> how, how can we bloodily kill this guy? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and maybe even more so because you get Santa magic being used in this way. So, uh, it, man, it is, it is a doozy. Uh, so, okay. uh, that, it's good I, that you mention it like exactly. that. Exactly. If it's yeah, if you're saying something about it, that's yeah. it must be really yeah. I I think I think for you know it, it's rated R. It's you know people people know what they're signing up for. I think honestly, uh, I wanted to make a point of it early on because it got to a point that it was a little bit too much for me. It was kind of even getting old as well. You know, almost uh, I was desensitized yep. to it. If sure, you will. it's just oversaturated. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and on top of that as well, it, that could be a green light for people to want to watch this as well. Uh, even even though I found it maybe you know a little bit tasteless eventually, uh, if that is what you understand the film to be, and you're not going to be kind of shell shocked for it, you sure. want to anticipate that. Guess what? That's that's you know uh, you got a great movie to watch in the theaters for <laughs> for the holidays. Well, how was everything else besides the violence? Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's you know it, it honestly it's very derivative of Fat Man in trying to combine cutesy dark comedy. Okay. Um, the film also plays a very very wide gain uh, game of calling to other Christmas movies, Die Hard, Home Alone, oh, okay. and then paying homage to them in some way about having kind of sequences that, not rip-offs, but yeah, like uh, homages to, you know, nods to those films in some way. The heist element is very reminiscent to the first 30 minutes of Die Hard. There is a, a, a direct Home Alone call-out and then use of Home Alone-style defense uh, okay. of, the, of the house then. So, uh, very cute uh, for that reason. I think I was positive on those. And, um, you know, more and more we're seeing new films 
they live in this mixed meta space. They live in this self-referential calling to other movies. You know what I mean? Was, so was it enjoyable? Uh, yeah. Like, like it was kind of it's like being with an old friend kind of? Like those kind of <laughs> no, callbacks I, or Easter eggs? A, a perfect example. The 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 one little girl here, uh, she, uh, she just watches Home Alone the night before when we're introduced to her. Uh, so then when the home invasion is happening, she is, you know, participating okay, in gotcha. know, setting up, you know, glue and nails and, and bowling balls, <laughs> okay. you know. So I thought that was a good thing, you know. Um, the film definitely understood the mix of Christmas action it was trying to be. Right. Anything. Okay. So yeah. I thought that was a good thing. Uh, like I said, though, uh, you know, helping old Saint Nick is a little girl, uh, and uh, again, uh, rated R hyper violent vibe to this. Hyper violent is really the description I want to give to the whole movie. It is extremely gory, honestly, a bit too much. <laughs> but that that again, like I said just a moment ago, that is the point. A lot, a lot of gross out humor. We have vomit jokes, we have shit jokes, uh, and like I said. Shocking amounts of gore. Uh, the movie is is trying to be as rated R as possible, and hey, that's fine. You know, I mean, I'm not expecting highbrow material from David Harbour's Violent Night. You know, what I mean, right. it's it's meant to have <laughs> yeah. a good time. For definitely, you're right. Yeah, uh, but I think it's pushed to an extent that um, it's really going to isolate some people, okay. uh, and I think even adult vo- audiences <clears throat> watching this, uh, it's just going to be well. It's a, it just like is it just like the action where it's just. You get so used to it that it's just not good anymore. It's just it's not really. Yeah, I will say the choreography of the action was oh, okay. was pretty good. Okay, there was a lot of fun that the film had with again the magic of Santa and how that's used as something to tie back to in action sequences. Right, there was a lot of creative work, honestly, uh, there, and I want to give it um, you know some some props. That choreography, creative brawls with Santa, around Santa. Uh, Other action, though, is cheap uh, and lazy. Uh, Often where guns are in the scenes, it just feels like a step down. So a little bit give and take uh, on this. As far as when it comes to... Again, the comedy, uh, it's very raunchy uh, as well. Uh, Like I said, it already has this gross-out humor vibe, and it's also very raunchy. Uh, This is definitely the kind of script that has a curse in every line just because it has the R rating already. Mm, Yeah. Uh, And again, I'm I'm saying this in a way to kind of knock the film, but I think I maybe could have been set up walking into this film uh, a little better mm-hmm. understanding what it was gunning for, understanding how gross out, how extensive rated R wanted to be for the sake of that in that excess. The excess is the style. Yeah, definitely. And I think that could be a lot of people's I think, bag. Well, yeah, just the fact of knowing that I think is going to help a lot of people who now go watch this exactly. and listen to this. Exactly. Yeah. I think this is in line, not that Bad Santa's an action movie, but something like a Bad Santa mm-hmm. where you're trying to make like a raunchy, dark comedy out of Christmas. Sure. Uh, and this is definitely fills equal spots as much as it's it's a diehard and a home alone kind of homage. Okay. So, already covered on uh, you know the action like we talked about. I think uh, my main issue with the story is despite being directly about Santa Claus, it probably has the weakest interest in all the films we covered this week of being a Christmas movie. I think it's also tries to pull the same type of heartwarming aspects that Fat Man pulls off effortlessly. And it's unfortunately a little bit in conflict with just how gory the film is you know fat man you could maybe show to a child this film mm. <laughs> i don't think any child is watching it and it's like all right you know that that's where it kind of mashes poorly. sure yeah so its focus is overloading the screen with bloody mortal combat kills 
And yes, that is action, but I don't think it's great Christmas action. We're going to go ahead and give Violent Night a 43. Ooh, 43. Yeah. A little bit tough week, Vin. Tough week, yeah. Not great, honestly. <laughs> but I really did enjoy watching all these films. Um, uh, I think yeah, for excited me... Excited to talk about them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I, I really just enjoyed the structure of the week to, you know, what is Christmas action? What are each of the films? How much Christmas? How much action? You know, what is the balancing act there? And there's and, not many. I mean, you know, 20 and 22, as far as the years go, yep. I feel like we'll get many more coming in I the next so. decade. I think it will be its own thing. Yeah. Wow. Okay, Vince. So looking at these, is there anything you want to add or are we going to roll credits here? Uh, well, only thing I would add is just, again, we have some some dynamite weeks. Uh, a little bit of preview for next week is uh, Darren Aronofsky as a director. Of course, we have the return of... Brendan Fraser. Yes, the return of the mummy man himself. Yeah, Everyone's so, very excited about yeah, it. Everyone is very excited. So uh, I'm excited to watch those films, and we have a good kind of uh, Aronofsky semi-special to the episode, so it should be good stuff. Yeah, awesome, Vin. Vin, uh, thank you so much for putting this list together. Thank you for watching and stopping by. Folks at home, we'll run it down one more time here. We have Die Hard with an 80%, The Long Kiss Goodnight with a 48 Reindeer Games with a 19 Fat Man with a 75 and Violent Night with a 43%. Folks, we thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week on the Daily Ratings Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, if you would, would you give us a good rating or tell a friend about it? If you're wondering if a film is worth the watch, or if you'd just like to see more movie ratings for Vince, be sure to stop by thedailyratings.com, where we have our ever-expanding catalog of films. Also, if you found value in the podcast or our site, become a producer and go to the Donations tab on thedailyratings.com. You can donate whatever amount of value you feel you received from us. We're looking to build this into something large and great, but also be independent from those corporate sponsors. So we greatly appreciate any support from you all. So thanks so much, and we'll see you next time on the Daily Ratings Podcast. Thank you.